I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm speaking actually to somebody who graduated from the Clinic Growth Map, Jennifer Nunes. Do you want to introduce yourself, Jennifer? Sure. I'm uh, I'm Jennifer Nunes. I'm a registered social worker in the province of Ontario. I uh, actually have two jobs. So I'm the clinic director and owner of Nourish Soul Therapy. I guess three jobs. Then I'm an EFAP counselor at a school board. And then I'm a very devoted parent and soon to be author. So that's really exciting. So you and I worked with moving from a solo practice to a group. And today we're going to be talking about when we're in solo practice, we're kind of stuck with that ceiling and the, you know, there's not a lot of freedom because you're trading your time for money. Can you share a little bit first, maybe about your journey from solo to group and then what came after that? Yeah. So it was less than a year ago. I actually don't even know what sort of came over me. It was literally, I, I woke up one day and I just kind of had this idea of, I felt bound by time. Actually, I do remember it was summertime and we wanted to go on vacation. And I was thinking about how it felt like it didn't make sense. I went into private practice because I got autonomy and flexibility to do what I wanted. But then to your point about sort of trading money for time, it was like if I wanted to spend more time with my family or we wanted to go away for an extended weekend, that had to be like very curated and thought about. And I thought, what if I could allow myself more freedom to still help people, you know, from the point of view that we're still open, but not having to be always from me Mm. so that I could spend time doing other things that perhaps I'm passionate about. And then I joined your masterclass and I I actually am a very cautious, calculated decision maker. And this was one of those things where I felt compelled to jump in with both feet, which is not typical of me, but I'm kind of glad I did because it's changed and I've learned a whole bunch. I mean, I've just learned a ton in the last eight, I think it's been eight months. Hasn't really been that long when I think about it, but that's sort of how I, I got started on this. I love that. I think that there's so many people that wait until they feel quote ready to make the plunge into group practice, but we never, the day never comes where you wake up in the morning. You're like, today's the day that that just doesn't happen. Right. So you felt the fear, but you, there was something about maybe our connection that was like, okay, yes, this is a sign if you will, or like, this is the open door. I'm going to walk. 
it felt like the time. I also, I do believe in serendipity and I believe things happen sort of for a reason. Actually, one thing that I've learned, and I don't know if it was you or it might've been Jordan's, another colleague, but somebody just said like, stop waiting to not be scared. Like it's never going to go away. Just oh, yes. do it scared. And actually that's what she said. And what you had said to me in our first encounter, which was, I thought so helpful and, and thank you for this was you've done way harder things. Mm-hmm. When I think about what's gone on just sort of in my, in my life outside of work. And I thought, I, I have done harder things. And even if this doesn't work out the way that I see it working out into fruition, I'm going to learn. So it's not about success or failure, it's success or learning. Mm. And that's been, uh, I think, really helpful in terms of keeping me going, even when things have to make a left turn or you got to pause or whatever. Yeah. I think that your story is really unique. So I'd like to dig into that just around. So first you decided, okay, I'm going to grow a group practice. So I have more flexibility and maybe you can share a little bit about the freedom that that has led you to do and, and why? Yeah. So, I mean, it actually started when I started private practice in general was for the flexibility because I needed to be available for appointments for my child. So I don't, it, is it okay to talk a bit? Please. About yeah. Yes. So um, when I was on maternity leave with my second, he had a, a major ischemic stroke when he was seven and a half months old, which we have no medical cause for. So it was completely shocking. And I used the term exploded. I felt like my life exploded that day and just put us on a trajectory that we never experienced or never thought we would be on. And after sort of the crisis, this component, doing rehab, coming back when we were getting into our new new norm, the reality was there's two, three days a week where we have appointments and I have to be available for him. And so I thought, how am I going to do this? I love what I do. I felt a huge loss of identity not being able to work during that time. And so I was able to sort of curate this like part-time private practice that allowed me to do the work that I love, that I felt really passionate about and be there for him. And then as that got busier, which is a beautiful thing and I'm grateful for, then it got a little bit tricky because now I'm I'm desired more frequently and I don't have the time that I thought I would have. And so that's kind of why the next step was, okay, well, I still need the flexibility, but I want to be able to reach more people if it's going to be helpful to them. And we know, you know, we're in a, a pandemic of mental health in Canada and I'm sure many other places as well. And so that was where, you know, maybe growing, even in small steps, growing to be able to allow that assistance to be available for people more frequently and so that I could be more available for the people who depend on me personally, which are my kids. And so that's what inspired me to do that in those stages. And I, I think, I guess I'm just keep, I'm going to keep going with that because it seems to be continuing on and, and it's constantly evolving, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his story is certainly unique for us anyhow. Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like he was like the major, like everything that happened in your family and with him was the big player in terms of, I need more freedom and I need to do something differently and not have my clients just rely on me, be able to help more people and have more freedom. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because I could be gone in a second, right? Like I could have to do something else or be called to, I can't tell you how many times I had to change appointments in the first year because we were in hospital, a response to RSV that caused febrile seizures, or then he had an epileptic explosion in 2020. And I I write about that experience in the book because it it led us to a really significant brain surgery that my son had to have. And so I was off work again and I had to shut down my practice for four months. And the loss was even more profound then because now I kind of had made a name for myself over the past few years. And I had to basically transfer people out to people that weren't in my practice because I wasn't group practice at that time. I was a solo practitioner. And I started from scratch again, six Mm -hmm. months later. And that was fine. I needed to maybe trust the process a little bit more, but had I you know, know what I know now, which again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I uh, probably would have looked really different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's where 
it is helpful to have have that flexibility. Yeah. Well, the other piece, what I'm hearing is that when things happen in life with our family that we just could never foresee, all of a sudden there's no income. Because as a solo practice, if you are not working, then you know, back to your vacation. You mentioned your book. Can you speak a little bit about yeah. more about your book? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So when uh, Dominic is my son's name. So when Dominic had his stroke, we were at Sick Kids in Toronto. And then we moved to Holland Blurview, which is a rehab hospital for kids. And I actually went, they have a, a beautiful library there that you can check books out of. And I was looking for something that was honest, but also would give me a sense of hope and camaraderie, something I could connect to, to just basically allow me to, you know, connect with and feel like, you know, dark times are here, but it's going to be okay. I could not find it from a parent perspective. It didn't, it didn't exist. I, I read Stroke of Insight, which is about an adult who has a stroke, but it's a very different flavor of a book. And because we never had a reason why this happened, they called it a medical fluke. My husband and I had talked about it. And not long after I said, you know what, if like, maybe we need to make meaning from this. And if I can use this story to help other people who might feel lost, certainly I'm not going to be the only person looking for something, then I'm going to write it down. And so I ended up writing the book from 2018. Actually, started it started out as my journal. I, I was writing as catharsis for myself, trying to make sense of what I was feeling. I was totally in shock. I knew I wasn't going to remember all these details. So I was writing it down daily. And then I thought I was done in 2019, beginning of 2020. And then the pandemic started. And right at, about a month after we went into lockdown uh, was when the epilepsy really, like, really exploded at home. And so I... I guess I realized the book wasn't done and I continued to, again, naturally making these notes because I needed them just to keep my, you know, my wits about me and sort of keep my mind focused on my son. And then, and then it finished. I finally felt done in November, 2021. And I have to tell you what a journey even that has been in writing it, but it's really about being honest that life happens, bad things happen for no good reason. And it's what we do in spite of that. It's how we make meaning. It's how we move forward. It's not about ignoring that bad things happen. It's actually about validating and giving ourselves permission to feel because it's only in feeling all that grief and sadness and fear that I think I've been able to feel the immense joy and love and happiness as a result of that. And so that's uh, the point I of the book that. is really to inspire. Yeah. And I hope it does because I think we can get really, really bogged down on either not processing at all because we're too busy doing or just sort of like punishing ourselves, like in getting stuck in that darkness. And so this mm-hmm. book is hopefully an opportunity to ha- invite people to find their own light because it's there. We just need to oh, like- Oh, I love that. It. Yeah. Want to hang out live? Join my next masterclass, Level Up to a seven-figure group practice, where I walk you through the proven strategies to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. If you attend live, I give you a special bonus that you are not going to want to miss. The link to register is in the show notes. See you there. And it's been beautiful watching you talk a bit about because your private practice gave you that freedom, your group practice specifically, to now be an author and a speaker. And it feels like that's your true passion. So for some of you listening, that may not be your end goal. With the group practice, you know, for me, I ended up selling it, of course, as you know, but for you, you might have it as a side gig that's providing you some income where you can then go and do something else that you're actually meant to do. Talk about that. Yeah, it's so funny. Okay, so recently, this is actually since after, I would say since the end or just when I was graduating from the course or the program, I sort of realized like my zone of genius is in public speaking. I love it. I get energy from it. I don't, I just, I could do it all day. I really enjoy it. And 
it was in realizing like, maybe I don't want to have 55 clinicians like my my mentor did, but maybe I'm going to have a few clinicians that are going to run the business on its own. I'll have a great admin and all of that so it can be self-sufficient so that I can actually focus on what I love. I think I'll always have a piece of me that wants to see clients like a, a small, you know, one day a week or something like that, because mm-hmm. it's something that brings me joy and never say never. That might change. But for now, I still want to do that. But allowing me to now pivot. And I don't know that I would have had the, the opportunity to do that self-exploration if I didn't set up the structure the way that it is to be systemized. Like, honestly, Nicole, even just even just systemizing. So like I was very mom and pop, if you will, before this, like I was writing my own invoices. I was emailing people to say, hi, just reminder, we're meeting on Monday, you know, (laughs) even getting rid of that and offloading that sort of admin tasks that really don't, don't bring me joy. And it's not something that I'm, you know, terribly good at freed up time for me to be able to focus on exploring what it is that makes me light up and get excited. And so that mm-hmm. I'm I'm so grateful for because that's been a huge learning for me. Yeah. Everybody listen to that. Systemize. Systemization will give you the freedom because now it's running on its own. And for everyone, I think that once you start growing, you it's all about your sweet spot. I talk a lot about your sweet spot where it's like, you know what, this feels sweet having less than five people. And then the freedom, what I heard you say was you get to choose when you do therapy, right? Like, oh, I love it. I can still do it maybe one day a week or it's been a hard week with Dominic. Maybe I'm going to take a couple weeks off because I'm pretty drained because my other full-time job as mom is a lot. Yeah. 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 I really think the freedoms allowed me the space to explore and discover about myself. And even, even doing some of this work around, I grow as a clinician. I've always felt I really, really pride myself. I think a lot of us are perfectionists when we get into this sort of field and we go in this direction. So I've always prided myself on continuing education and wanting to be the best clinician that I can for my clients. And the piece that I struggled with was anything outside of that. So like being a business owner, being a manager, being, you know, supervising, like things in that area felt really scary. And so this idea of just do it scared has been really, really helpful because it's allowed me not to say that I don't have, I have so much to learn as I go on. I'll continue to learn the rest of my life, I think, but it's giving me a little bit more confidence to be able to do it because the reality is I'm, I'm trying to focus more on the effort and not on the output. Mm -hmm. So I'm celebrating every step of the way versus just what the end result is because I don't want to just get lost in the goal. Yes. You know, I want to enjoy it. We all do. I mean, I'm guilty of that historically for sure. Write that down, my friends. (laughs) I need that in like bold font. You put on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Where can people find you to learn more about your book? It's not released yet. March 21st. So it'll be, I'm sure by the time this comes out, it'll be released. But yeah, March 21st, 2023, it'll be released. It's available on Amazon, Indigo Chapters, Barnes & Noble online, and a few stores I've curated to to carry it like Indigo and Chapters. And I'm in Mississauga, so in that area as well. So, and I have a book signing in April, which is like so weird, but so exciting. Back to just for a second, do it scared. Mm-hmm. How would your life be different? Because here's the thing. Most people don't do it scared. Most people, like 10% of us, the people listening to the podcast, you and I, we did it scared. I say that on my masterclass. Because the, the thing about fear, it, the instinct, of course, is like, don't do it, freeze, mm-hmm. don't do it. How would your life be different if you didn't do it scared? Oh my gosh. This book wouldn't be coming out. There's no way. That's terrifying. I'm doing it terrified, I say, with the book. <laughs> I wouldn't have hired an associate. I wouldn't have hired volunteers. I wouldn't have put, I wouldn't even put postings out for people. I would have been too scared. Mm. I don't think I would have done anything. I would be still working just at the school board and 
probably feeling like I'm hitting a glass ceiling. Like that's probably what would have happened. But this has allowed me to actually enjoy the other stuff more because mm-hmm. I've done it scared. I don't know if that makes sense. Totally. And and probably also be less with your kids and all those things. Oh, for sure. I would have been, there would have been more structure. Like I would have been required, you know, five days a week, it would have been 830 to 430. And that that makes appointments almost impossible because mm-hmm. most of his medical stuff and rehab is, um, as you know, with kids is during the day, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's all about a community. If you surround yourself with other people who are doing it scared yes. and you just take the first step to, in this case, start a group practice, connect with a business coach, just do that, mm-hmm. then the next step feels a little bit more manageable. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the company you keep is like insanely important, like very, very important. The other thing I noticed too, is when I think about it, I'm starting to also recognize that I want to celebrate scared. So mm-hmm. I don't even want to just like do it scared because I, I feel like I'm st- sitting in resistance. I'm just like not free falling necessarily, but I'm like, you know what, we're just going to do it. And this idea of instead of success or failure, it's success or learning has made it a little bit easier to say, I'm going to learn what I need to learn from this. Yes. As long That's as I funny that you say that because I, I think I'm an impulsive person, but it works for me because then I don't overthink. So I do a lot of things. And I always tell myself, I don't see it as failure because I just learned the great. I'll, I'll yeah. do it differently next time. Not a big deal. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm the complete opposite, but I'm using that tool as a way to be a little bit more spontaneous or at least be, I think, more able to jump in with both feet. I'm really notorious for, as you can tell with even my job history, like I'll, I'll just try a little bit. Let, let me just see how it goes. And this was the first time where I was like, I'm just doing it. Yeah. And I did it alongside editing the book, which I have to say was a lot. It was a lot of work in terms of volume, but I also learned how efficient I can be. That's amazing. Yeah. Exciting. Your story is immensely inspiring. I remember hearing it for the first time. It's just amazing what you've gone through and I'm so excited. So the book, if you can say the name of the book one time, just so they all have it. Making it to Monday. Mm-hmm. Actually, before you go, tell us where that title came from. I'm sure it was inspired. It was. So there's two reasons. It's, it's a dual meaning, but my son stroke happened on a Friday and we were told he had to make it 72 hours. So we didn't know. It was hour to hour for the first 72 hours because it was a large stroke. And how old was he? He was young. Seven and a half months. Yeah. So it was literally like I put him to bed. He was fine. And in the morning he wasn't. And so I was talking to the doctor. It was Friday night, like five o'clock. And I said, so we just have to, what? We just, he just has to make it to Monday. And she went, I wish I could tell you more, but I can't because no one would talk to us about Tuesday. Everything was once he gets to Monday, once he gets to Monday. And my husband and I were kind of like, what? And so I had asked the question, you know, like, it, it was very scary. And I had to ask if we should be end of life planning. And the doctor said, I don't know. And that's when I was like, okay, we have to make it to Monday. So that was the first reason, which is sort of more literal. And the other reason was, I think we spent so much time focusing on that end result, right? Like even working to Friday, like we got to get to Friday, we got to get to the end goal. And I thought about it. And in this journey, what I've learned is like, it's not even about the end goal. It's about how do we enjoy what we're doing right now and get excited and start to love our life. Even the smallest joys, like, you know, when you're in a pitch black room, a match will light up way more than we think it will. Right. And so that's about, let's just start celebrating the starting line. Let's just make it to Monday and like, enjoy the start. That's where that. Oh, I love that. All my audience listening, you're all building group practices and all very type A like me, all very goal oriented. So I love that little tidbit. That's really important. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to read your book. And how will people, if they want to reach you, how do they reach you? My website's nourishsoultherapy.com. And I'm also on Instagram at making it to Monday and nourish soul therapy as well has its own own Instagram as well. Perfect. That's easy to remember making it to Monday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.